0: I speak to you in the name of one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's hard to believe that it's been over five years since I first came to visit the Chapel of the Cross. It was in April of 2010. And I remember clearly, I see many faces that I saw that day, I remember clearly as I was planning to come out here for my interview with Alston Johnson and with the vestry Annie warned me. She said, all right, be careful. It's it's rush hour. You need to give a little extra time to get to the church. Now, I'm from Houston, Texas. So I left for a 6 o'clock interview at 4.45 and got here at 5.10. And at that moment, I sort of fell in love with Jackson by the fact that I could drive anywhere and get there, even at rush hour. But I also was provided this opportunity to spend quite a bit of time wandering around and looking at this beautiful place. Got to see the glory of God's creation, this idyllic setting that we have here, before I got a chance to sit down with Father Alston and with the vestry for my interview. And I enjoyed, what I found in those interviews was that there was not just a beautiful place, but a bunch of beautiful people here as well. And then after those wonderful times at the vestry and with Alston, the senior warden, Hermine Welch, and Alston Johnson and I all walked down to the chapel to take a look at this place in which we now sit so I could get a, a feel for the building that I might be someday preaching at. And we opened those creaky doors where Alston had to walk around because you can't open these doors and went through and pulled the castle bar gate off and walked around and we, and we walked in and immediately upon walking in, I noticed that something was wrong. As a matter of fact, anyone who walked in that day would have known that something was very wrong. I'm not talking about the little bugs that were in places. Of course, we've always had those. I'm talking about the incredibly deep and powerful stench that was in the church. It smelled awful, really bad. A skunk had clearly blown up in the church. Sometime in the week before I got there. And it smelled horrible. And throughout the entire time that we sat there and talked about ministry and talked about the church and how the liturgy went and all the things that Hermine and Alston and I talked about, they never once mentioned the smell. (laughs) Seemed completely oblivious. And my thought was, if something this powerful, things that would have most churches I know scrambling in horror and fear and apologizing all over themselves, if this senior warden and this rector can just roll on through like nothing had happened, these are my people. (laughs) This is where I need to be. They're not going to let a stink get in the way of their worshiping the Lord. And I came to find that the the love of God is very strong in this place. And on this Trinity Sunday, I'm here to talk to you about the love of God in the three persons that we know Him. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And today I'm going to concentrate on one of the classic rephrasing of that, one of the classic rephrasings of that, of that Trinity. The way that we know the Father as the Creator, the Son as the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit as the Sustainer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. One of the classic definitions of the Trinity, classic examples. Now, each of those persons can be seen in the life of the chapel. The creator is there. The most obvious thing anyone who comes out here will see is the beauty of God's creation. The glory of the trees and the grass and the idyllic setting, the peaceful woodland creatures who live around here and sometimes get into the church... All of this is God's creation is right among us in a way that perhaps no other place in the Episcopal Church in Mississippi can understand except possibly the Grace Center. We are surrounded by God's glorious creation. We see it every day in the the faces, in the bright faces and smiles and cries of the children. The new creation continually being brought forth in our church. We also see the power of the Redeemer, Jesus Christ himself, that Redemption, he offers us taking sin and and making it hopeful. Giving us forgiveness instead of condemnation. And each and every one of us is brought here, first and foremost, by the love of Christ. By that redemption that we are offered. Each and every one of us is aware that we are, in and of ourselves, lacking. And we know the need for that redemption, for that reconciliation, for that forgiveness in our lives. For that deep, abiding love that would cause Him to die for us. Each and every one of us knows that, and that's why we come. And then we have the Holy Spirit, the Sustainer, that continues to keep us in that place of forgiveness and love throughout our life in Christ. And we know the power of the Sustainer here in the ministry we give to each other. And my wife Annie and I and our son Jack have been the beneficiaries of so much of that sustaining love. In our time here. You've seen me through some of the first years of my ministry. You have ministered to Annie and I as we had Jack back in last year in February. Bringing us meals and notes and love. You were with me when my father died last, last June. And you were there again with meals and love and hugs. And helping me know that you cared. And you do that for each and every one of y'all. Y'all do it for each other. And I was blessed to be able to be part of sustaining love in our time of transition in this church. Sustaining love of God and that Holy Spirit is an incredibly important piece to our love here. But this example of the Trinity, the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, doesn't capture all of it. Because there's a very important piece to all three of those things that's brought together in the unity of one God. And that is that God is not just a Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, God is a transformer. God is a transformer. And know for all of you all under 40, God is not a car that turns into a robot. God is a transformer of hearts. A transformer of souls. God transforms us. If we are not living, if we are not feeling transformed by the love of the people with whom we worship God then we are missing an incredibly important piece of who God is. We see transformation in all three parts of the Trinity. We see transformation in the power of creation. It is in and of itself the power of creation, also the power of transformation. Taking nothing and making it into something. Taking something that was and making it into something new. That creation is in and of itself every time that happens a transformation. And redemption, redemption of Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, is in itself a transformation. Taking something that is broken and sin-filled, giving it hope, reconciliation, forgiveness. That is in itself a great transformation. The power to transform our hearts from broken sinfulness into hopeful love, to bring us out of fear into love. It's incredibly powerful trans- transformation, and we all know and understand what that is. But then there's that Holy Spirit, we call it the sustainer, and I think of all, the power of transformation can be missed in understanding that sustaining love. Because sustaining something makes it sound like we're keeping it at the same level. But the power of transformation is every bit a part of the Holy Spirit's ministry as well. Every bit a part of the mission of the Holy Spirit. That transforming sustainability. That we, every hour, every minute, every day, every single decision we make, have the power to be transformed in our hearts. Or to help transform someone else. Transforming love is the most powerful force in this world. And that voice of the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us, always encouraging us to pick that thing which will bring love into someone's life, which will cause transformation in our own or in someone else's life. The Holy Spirit every moment is telling us this. We just don't listen a lot. But if we aren't transforming if we aren't allowing the power of God to transform us and transform those whom we meet, then we are dying as a, as a follower of Christ and as a church. If we are not transforming and letting the power of God, the love of God, transform us and transform those around us, then we, in a sense, are missing the heart of what that redemption and that sustaining love are about. But we all have an opportunity all the time to, to engage in transformation, personal or otherwise. In personal transformation, we have so many opportunities to come to worship regularly, to spend time with scripture, to go out and minister to the world. Because ministering to the world is one of the most powerful forms of transformation. Because not only are we helping to transform somebody else, but that person in turn will transform us. in in the love that we share and that they return back to us. So I charge you, as as a church, as a congregation, as a family in Christ, be on the lookout for that transformation. Because I can tell you it may not come from anything you thought you understood. It may come out of the blue. And if you blink, you might not see it. I know, I understand that transformation because I've had it happen to me. About nine years ago, I was working for a mutual fund company in Houston. It was a great career, a good opportunity for advancement, a lot of wonderful possibilities. And I had been at a church for about four or five years, and I had become more and more active in that church, and in that time I had started to feel that there was something that was not quite right about my life, my particular vocational path, but I didn't know what it was. Because on the one hand, I was very happy working where I was working. I knew I had a lot of opportunities, and I was very happy with those. And yet, I found myself one Memorial Day weekend, this is one of the reasons why it's so powerful to me right now, since that was just last weekend now. I found myself thinking about going to a party. Our rector had a house down in Galveston that he shared with a couple friends, and he always had a Memorial Day party on Saturday that weekend. And I had, really, I wasn't planning on going. None of my friends were able to go, as I had planned to just stay home and whatever, do whatever around the house. And at the last minute I decided to go, and I actually ended up leaving a little early. And I arrived. And as I arrived in true, true Episcopal fashion, the uh, rector invited me over to the margarita machine. <laughs> where we began to talk about how things were going. And I began to talk about my job, and I talked about how I, you know, had some great opportunities there, and, and yet that there was something that was bothering me. My brother was a teacher, and I had begun to think about maybe I should be teaching. And he said, Well, have you thought about going to seminary? And my reaction was, Not only no, but heck no. <laughs> I, hey, hey, my faith is not in a place to become a priest. And B, I don't know where priests came from, but I never considered that to be a valid vocational decision a human being would make. It never even occurred to me that was a possibility. And so I pushed him away, and he said, well, don't don't be so sure you're not where you need to be to go to seminary. And I pushed him away, and about three days later, I found myself at work, again, feeling that little tug in the back of my heart somewhere. And I remember sitting down and praying that God would help me figure out what it was I was supposed to do. And in that very moment, I felt something shift and fall into place, and my worldview changed completely. And I realized that in the last, I guess it was 30 years at that point in my life, that I had been building up to going to seminary, even though I had never known it. I had spent probably six or seven years of my 20s crippled by terrible depression. And yet, the church had brought me out of that. And here I was, feeling again that tug, that knowing that there was something more. And there there the priest was, giving that opportunity to me, telling me that God was calling me to seminary. And for once in my life, I was in a place to hear it. And if I hadn't, I would have missed the great vocation of my life. And I would have been much the poorer, even though I might have been much the richer working for a mutual fund company. But I would have missed the greatest, most happiest things that happened to me in my life if I had not listened to that call. And I never saw it coming. And I tell you that each and every one of you is being called to a ministry of God. Each and every one of you. And I'm not saying to each and every one of you that you all need to go apply to seminary tomorrow. What I'm saying is that each and every one of us is a minister of God, whether we are ordained or not. We are all ministers of Christ in this world. If you turn to the back of your prayer book like I used to do when I didn't want to listen to the sermons, some of y'all may already be there. (laughs) Check out the outline of the faith and read about who the ministers of the church are. And the first minister of the church is the layperson. Each and every one of us has the call to represent Christ in this world. Each and every one of us has a ministry. And that ministry is a transforming ministry. It will transform us and it will transform those around us. Don't be afraid to hear it. Don't be afraid to listen to the Holy Spirit in those back recesses of your heart. That whisper. Don't be afraid of it. Because it can bring you to great heights for Christ. Accomplish things you could never dream if we listen to the Holy Spirit. Take us places we never thought possible. Places beyond our wildest hopes and happiness and joy. Listen as an individual, listen as a family, listen as a church to where the Holy Spirit is calling you. Listen for that transformation. Allow the power and love of God to transform you even above your misgivings and your fears. Step out in faith that Christ is with you, that the Holy Spirit is guiding you, that the power of God will see you through. Because I can tell you that God has tremendous things in store for this family at the chapel of the cross god has great plans great hopes and he has supplied it with great people and he will bring more people to you that i hope that you welcome and help to transform their lives just as they will transform yours because in god all things are possible in the holy spirit and the father and the son we can accomplish the greatest of things. And you will. Amen.